Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome in. It is draft week in Nashville, and it is a pleasure to be on site as we inch toward first round coverage tomorrow night with Marty Baran. I'm Brian Duff, and of course, rounds two through seven on Thursday here in Nashville. And Marty, you are ready to offer up a little curve. Yeah, a little right baseball, a little curveball here, maybe a slider, changeup, sweeper, uh, knuckle curve, whatever you want to call it. There's so many different pitches now. You used to have only three or four. A um, couple of things. First of all, I'm really proud of myself, Duffer, that I have my natural voice today because last year in Montreal, mm-hmm. I was in Montreal for like 12 hours yep. and I had lost my voice. <laughs> and I was very responsible last night. Yes. was in bed very early. Actually beat you back to the hotel. You did. But the reason why I think I beat you back to the hotel is you disappeared. You and your good buddy. Uh, yeah, Kevin Kennedy, Kevin South Kennedy. Buffalo Zone. Yeah. 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 You guys were supposed to. Maybe go and get refreshments yes. and return as we're watching Brothers Osborne. Yes. And they put on a great show down in front on Broadway. They did. And then never to return. What happened? Well, what happened is I was the plus one in the equation. So I had no control over what happens when you are the tag along with a VIP. Now, Kevin clearly established himself as a VIP when he, he lived in Buffalo. Yes. And he has clearly retained that title here in Nashville because he knows everyone within the entertainment industry. Once we got our VIP passes and got inside the tent, there was no way out. There was minimal communication. I did direct that communication towards our producer, Michelle, and whether she conveyed the information to you is, is well beyond my uh, she scope said at this point in time. you guys were sitting at a table having some food, uh, yes. and that's the extent of the conversation <laughs> that I was able to, to gather. So All I know um, is we weren't there long. By the time we were out, you were gone. Then communication effectively ended for the next two hours, <laughs> only until I ran into <laughs> most of our crew at 8.30 in the lobby. 8.30, can you believe that, on a Monday night? It was 9.30 in... Eastern. It's late. Oh, good point. Not that, that hour late. makes a big difference. I'll tell you What this, happened, though. what may have happened, what may have happened, is that we might have been at Legends early enough in the day that the, end of, that the end of the night came quicker. It was 3.45 when we ended up <laughs> showing up at Legends on the corner. And for those that have been to Nashville, you know that as soon as you get through 
you know, we're our hotel is just a block off of Broadway, so we walked on to Broadway. The uh, Bridgestones uh, Arena, is yeah, that what it's, it's called? Yeah, it's Kitty Corner. It's, it's you know, right there to the Legends corner. and the stage, of course. NHL oh. set up was right there as well. Beautiful. As they had Broadway blocked off at that end. It was it was a really good setup, a really good awards night, obviously, for anybody that watched. I think uh, the most of the feedback I'm seeing was, was pretty positive. I think, um, you know, ultimately when you're looking at it from a purely Sabres standpoint – Owen Power comes in third in Calder Trophy voting. Tage Thompson's terrific season netted him a lot of votes. He finished 14th in Hart Trophy balloting. Uh, Don Granato was 16th in Jack Adams. And maybe (laughs) the least talked about but most interesting was Buffalo had three Lady Bing candidates. Victor Olofsson ended up tied for 37th in voting, which is understandable. I think Victor clearly exhibits the qualities of a Lady Bing winner, which just happened to be one of my favorites in Andrzej Kopitar for a second time. Alex Tuck was 39th. Yes. Who the heck voted for Jeff Skinner for the Lady Bing? Do you understand the concept of the award, people? Oh, my goodness. This man never stops. He's relentless on opponents, which is not particularly sportsmanlike, and he's just as unkind at times to the officials. So I don't know how you get Lady Bing votes. Is he nice? Does he have a nice smile? Of course he does. He uses the words weasel a lot, (laughs) and he calls everybody little weasel all over the ice. And maybe that voter thinks that it is a compliment, that he's very complimentative to all the players on the ice by calling them weasels. As open mics now are very prevalent in the NHL in every hot mics. sport. Hot, hot mics. mics. Hot mics. We hear them live on TV. You can always hear Jeff Skinner barking and complaining and arguing with the other team, which is great. I love it because it there's energy and it's fun. And if you're sitting right by the benches at KeyBank Center or anywhere in the NHL and you see Jeff Skinner, he is the price of admission just for that alone. Uh-huh. And he can do so many things on the ice. But, yes, the fact that Jeff Skinner got a fifth-place vote for the Lady Bing. No. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, is yeah. a um, uh, probably <laughs> that's, as that's unexpected even... <laughs> as, okay, so this or that duffer. Okay, we need to find out who voted for Jeff Skinner uh-huh. as a, a, and gave him a fifth-place vote. So that means you're looking at, okay, I'm going to put Anze Kopitar one. I'm going to put maybe Braden Point and Jack Hughes two and three. And, yes. Uh, and maybe Joe Pavelski four, right, because Pavelski's such a good guy. Okay. And then, oh, I'm going to put Jeff Skinner fifth. That's like the process that it comes to mind. And I'm like, how do you come up to Jeff Skinner fifth? But So this or that, which is more wrong? If we could use that in, in, in that. good English. That Jeff Skinner got a fifth-place vote for the Lady Bing. Or that Connor McDavid got a fifth-place vote for the Hart Trophy. Okay, I'm going with that on that one. Okay, Connor McDavid, out of 196 voters for the Hart Trophy, the MVP, best player in the league, got 195th, 195 first-place votes. Zero second place, zero third, zero fourth, and one fifth place vote. I need to know who that writer is. We need to find out. That writer, by the way, voted for David Pasternak to be first in hard voting. So I need to know if that writer's from Boston. I need to know if that, like, I need to know the, the, the uh, professional writer. And what are you going writer. to do with that information when you acquire it? I'm going to go and talk to that person. Okay. 
And then we'll laugh. Maybe we'll invite that person on Sabres Live. Sabres Live yes. Which we'll have a lot of guests here. By the way, people, we are in Nashville, so that's why we're talking about. But it is beautiful here. The fans are great. We ran into a, f- a fellow from Buffalo who actually walks down. Yeah, it took you 30 seconds to stop and do a photo op on the corner of Broadway outside of Bridgestone Arena. It was unbelievable. But and, this, of course, as always, I get, you know, reeled into the photo op. So well, I'm just guilty by association. Is are, that what you we call We are it? a duo. No, we're, we're a, a duo. duo. But uh, this, this gentleman um, actually is from Buffalo. Yeah. But works down in. And he's big on eSports. He's calling action he's today calling from action, the, yeah, on, the, so, on the championship. So, so it was awesome. Uh, ran into so many people, like, Hockey jerseys from everywhere. Oh, you know what else? So. Uh, this or that, because it ties in with the uh, reaction, whether it was in person or on social, after I posted uh, the picture that Kevin had a group take. Yeah. Uh, this or that, did you hate my shirt or not last night? I liked your shirt. Okay. Because you were really quiet about it, so I was I was. I liked concerned. your hat better. Okay. Uh, because those are, I was wearing a, a, a Jenny Light t-shirt out on Broadway. Um, the duo, the duo folks uh, did its best to represent uh, New York yesterday. Rochester's uh, yeah, own Western I New York. Yeah, came out of the hotel. Marty had his Jenny t-shirt on, and I had my Jenny cap on. And, of course, that was unexpected, but... Uh, it was a talking point nonetheless. But you know what, Marty? It feels like days and days and days and days and days since we've actually had a full-on NHL overview, regroup, yes. catch-up session, if you will. Oh, yeah, Whether we're those. talking Taylor Hall to Chicago or Jersey to Arizona. Even our, you know, uh, well down the goalie depth chart, Connor Ingram. Like, here's a kid who's battled and had some real tough moments, um, you know, it, to his credit, has been really open about the challenge, um, you know, mentally to, to get back to a place where he can, he can do his job the right way. I mean, Connor Ingram getting a three-year deal is such a nice yep. story in Arizona. Jordan Stahl's deal, the St. Louis-Philly deal that wasn't, the potential for L.A. Winnipeg, Ryan Johansson to Colorado, Nick Felino signing with Chicago after his rights were acquired yesterday, Ottawa Aiden coaching Hill. staff remaining, pardon me? Aiden Hill Aiden with Hill Vegas. Still, yeah, like there, there is so much right now we ran into coley campbell senior vp hockey operations yes. with you know uh, great discussion on and off like kind of fragmented there he kept coming back to where we were he prepping was telling us great stories about roger uh, well so roger yeah Nilsen so here's, and, here's a real uh, quick one we're 20 years removed from the first ever draft here in nashville yes and that was in 2003 and former sabers coach hall of fame coach slash builder in the nhl the late yeah. roger nielsen passed away this week 20 years ago yes and I started approaching the story with Colin Campbell this morning that, Coley, I remember when the draft was happening and Roger passed away, and I was told immediately that Roger, and I couldn't even finish the sentence, goes, and, and Coley goes, Roger hated the draft. Yes. So it was, it was fitting that uh, if, if there's ever a time to uh, leave this earth, Roger decided to exit amid, amidst amidst the draft. Yeah that he absolutely loathed going to as a coach. So. But also, this is so great to be on location because, as you say, like we're walking around the hotel, running to David Poyle. That was the longtime oh. general manager of the yeah. National Predators. He's now exiting as that job. Uh, and uh, very uh, Effective it, immediately June effective 30th. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's another few days that he is the general manager of and the only general manager in the history of the National Predators, yeah. and they've done such a great thing. I remember coming into Nashville – and saying, like, what are we going to do today? Like, you either go to a bar and you sit and listen to live music, but there was nothing to do. This area of downtown Nashville in the last 20 years has developed so much, mm-hmm. and it's so busy and so alive, and it's so great. But David Poyle, with 
the hockey team right here mm-hmm. at the corner of Broadway where everything happens yeah. uh, has done so much. So run into David Poyle earlier this morning and came over and obviously talked to us for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So that is great. Colin Campbell telling us the r- great Roger Nielsen stories about and how he always wanted the, the video oh. done well, after Captain the game. Video, that was Roger's Roger nickname. Would, and he was the would show up at the rink at 5 a.m. to review the video after every game and um, how they hired John Cristiano as oh. a video coach. And obviously one of our favorite Buffalonians. Buffalonian so. and, and JC was an assistant coach when I was in Rochester and worked long time as a scout and video mm-hmm. coordinator with the Buffalo Sabres. So it's just that that world, that hockey world, like when you're in the same location, there is there's not six degree of separation. There's yeah. one degree of separation between everybody, and it's just fun. So uh, it's so great to have you with us here. We've got extended coverage each of the next three days. Uh, today, 11 to 1. Tomorrow, 11 to 1. Sorry, these are local times. Yeah. <laughs> For you listening, 12 to 2, 12 to 2, 12 to 2. That's a good catch. It only took, see, if I'd stayed out two hours later last night, I wouldn't have even noticed I made that mistake. Yes. But um and, of course, we'll have our draft night coverage on our social channels and streaming um, with Chris Baker along again as an analyst. And yesterday's show was so impressive to watch Chris yep. go through, you know, kind of methodically why the 12 picks in front of Buffalo, picking 13th, are you know, could potentially fall that way based on team needs. And yet when Chris got to the point of saying to us that he viewed – Axel Sandin Pelica as a, a very possible target for the Sabres. That's only at now we value his yeah. opinion the most because we've 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 come to just respect greatly all the work that he puts in. But he, also his his interconnection with the Sabres and his understanding of where the franchise is. Yeah, it's not a, just a a prospect just guy a that just puts yeah. a number. He he puts in the Sabres. Uh, past history, where they have drafted from, what type of players they like, and he tries to put it together. So when he with put projections of where the top twelve was going to go, and where, but where the organization is at, is at and the yes. Amherst and the prospects. And so there's a lot of thought behind it. So he sure. he lands on Sandine Pelica, and yet as we inch closer, and now what twenty? I don't know. Let's say thirty-two hours away. Is that is that about right? As far as when the Sabers will make their pick, something somewhere in that effect. Yeah. Um, you're looking at all the other draft experts, mock drafts, established news organizations, whether it's a, an actual mock draft or an end-of-season yeah. ranking yeah. slash list. You're looking right now at like a quick perusal by me this morning. You're looking at Benson, Danielson, Moore, Wood, Simashev, um, yeah. Barlow, Ritchie, and then – repetitive you know more and wood over and over yeah. a few times there this is a very wide net to catch all in and around where the sabers are picking at 13 and this is a draft where the sabers have one first round pick as opposed to last year when they had three they'll come out of the shoot tomorrow with picks pretty quick at 39 and 45 followed by picks at 86 109 141 173 and 205 pending any further deals so i suspect well, that that's that, what it is because you know, right now they sit at 13 and look I, I there's a possibility that maybe buffalo ends up being in the mix for a transaction a trade and maybe that 13th overall pick ends up being in the trade maybe you're getting a late first rounder maybe you're moving up in the draft and all of a sudden you're in the top 10 just because of the way that chips may fall uh but 
also maybe you end up with an extra first rounder. Maybe you're trading something away at this moment and, and you know, to just gather more assets and move on. Now, this is not the direction I believe the Sabres would go, where they're at in their development in their season, but um, anything could happen. So, yes, we're sitting here, and tomorrow we'll, we'll be at Bridgestone Arena. We will do our, you know, reaction, live reaction show after the 13th pick. But if something happens, we are on, boom. You, 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 you know, snap your fingers, Duffer. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and we're ready to talk about whatever's happening in Sabres world. So um, I don't expect any movement with the 13th pick, nope. but you never know what can happen. Well, I mean, again, that, that goes back to what else is happening around them. Um, and apologies if it kind of, you know, we came out a little hot here with information overload, <laughs> but it, do, it does feel like well, you're... Well, that's what we are. You're, yeah, but you're, you're trying to catch up here on everything because we, we concentrated solely yesterday on the Baker's Dozen and how the draft may fall. And now we kind of take a breath and reset, and it's incredible when you think of the teams that you know as we sit right now don't have first round picks and and oh. we're talking nine nine teams and, yes. and then we're, we're talking the seven teams that have multiple. eight pardon me eight teams that have multiple including yep. st louis but how long is st louis going to sit there with three are they going to end up with four are they going to end up with two oh, is, is is right is the falk situation oh. actually going to play out where the talks that were ignited over the weekend Sorry, Krug. Sorry, Krug yes. um, um, you know, if, if Krug does come around and opt to waive his no trade and go to Philadelphia, like this is a this is a major deal. Hayes moves on from Philadelphia. Um, first round picks involved, and you know, but is is any, and or is anything going to top? Like, would that be the would that be one of the biggest trades this week? Or if Dubois ends up going. From Winnipeg to L.A., is that the biggest deal? Yeah. Or is yesterday's very, I'm assuming, very uncomfortable for our Sabres uh. listening audience to deal with? Deal that saw Boston rid itself of a big salary for nothing, which gives them great flexibility to do whatever they want to do. Like Taylor Hall's on the move to Chicago, and even though it was, quote-unquote, just the rights to Nick Felino, who's a UFA, could have signed anywhere, Nick Foligno might emerge from this draft as the biggest winner, individually or team-wide. I, I mean, we well, love well, Nick as one of the Boston. greatest humans that has ever graced this sport. And I'm not saying that flippantly. Like, you can't get a better character person than that Nick. That whole family, but yes. Correct. That's why, right? It, 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 they're all woven together, and yet Nick lands in Chicago, where Connor Bedard will end up tomorrow. And Nick gets one year, $4 million, because we know the Hawks need to get to a good well, place near the floor. So, not only that, they give Nick Foligno $4 million, but I'm pretty sure they said, listen, I want you to get a big house yeah. with a, a, an apartment or an in-law apartment or something, and then Connor Bedard's going to live with you. So we're giving you an extra $2 million here, Nick, so that you can get B big city the, right, the, right, <laughs> the right set up for your family, yeah. but consider Connor Bedard probably moving in with you. That happens a lot around the NHL. John Tavares, Matt Molson living with Doug Waite when I was with the New York Calendars. Mm -hmm. We remember Jack Eichel moving in with Matt Molson, who returned a favor when he was in Buffalo. So um, those things happen a lot. So, yes, Nick Foligno obviously goes from Boston, which was the best team in the National Hockey League last year in the regular season, historically the most successful 
uh, season in the NHL when it comes to points and wins. Um, listen, I, we can have the debate of the Montreal Canadiens and, and uh, the Detroit Red Wings and whatnot, but uh, Boston, with the, the wins and the points, were tops. Now, the other part of that, as you just mentioned, is Chicago acquiring Taylor Hall. $6 million, one year left, mm -hmm. right? Um, no salary retained by the Boston Bruins. Why right. is that significant? So we have been talking over the last few weeks here how I felt that Boston was in trouble. Boston still has to possibly sign Patrice Bergeron, who just won another Selkie, by the way. Mm -hmm. If he wants to return, he's not going anywhere else. He's coming back to Boston. They need money for him. They may need money for David Krejci. Who knows what's going to happen with David Krejci? They may need, may need money for um, Tyler Bertuzzi, who they traded for at the deadline mm -hmm. and are maybe looking to extend him or offer him a contract. Tyler Bertuzzi is going to want some money. And they also need money for Jeremy Swayman, the goaltender. Uh, that was the backup to Lena Solmark this year. But I, it's not so much... He's not a backup goaltender. He's the type of goaltender that right now is behind the Vesna Trophy winning goaltender, Lena Solmark, who captured the Vesna last night. But Swayman could be a number one goaltender anywhere else. Swayman is a restricted free agent and could go and fetch an offer sheet if he wanted to and raise his salary up. But Boston had about $4 million left under the cap to do everything I just talked about. Mm -hmm. A team could have easily come and offered $5 million a year to Jeremy Swayman on an offer sheet, negotiated with the player and the agent, agreed to terms, and all of a sudden Boston can't do anything about it. They can't sign the player. They don't have the room, especially if they want to re-sign Bergeron and whatever. But now they trade Taylor yeah. Hall's contract away, and they have $10.5 million now. Yeah. And they have 10% in the summertime that they can use. So $10.5 million plus another 85 they have now $19 million of money that they can spend this summer and then just got to be cap compliant before the season starts. That is huge for the Boston Bruins to have that, that breeding room. And I'm upset. I am upset at the Chicago Blackhawks for allowing themselves to say, hey, we'll help you out, Boston. Mm -hmm. We will get you out of the, the mud, right? Like, teams should not be so willing to help each other out like that. I feel like you're echoing my sentiments there. I and am, I've but never... I, I'm, I really believe it, unless you're getting something fantastic. Well, I don't are the see Hawks how... getting something fantastic? No, because they could have got Nick Foligno in July 1. No, no, but Foligno Taylor has Hall? nothing to do with this. Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall is what's significant, right? I don't think that that's... I don't know. I, if I'm I might Chicago, be playing devil's if I want, advocate. Okay, but. if I'm Chicago, and I'm... Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're playing devil's advocate. If I'm Chicago, and I get a call from Boston, and Boston says, listen, uh, you know, we see that you guys have to get to the floor. You're obviously in a different situation. Um, how would you be interested in Taylor Hall? We have to find a way to get rid of some salary, and we will make Taylor Hall available. Okay. I want Taylor Hall and a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. I want Taylor Hall and a first-round pick. Ask for something mm -hmm. that is going to make you like worth your while. Right now, you acquired Taylor Hall and the right to Nick Foligno, who is going to be a UFA on July 1, and you send two prospects over to Boston just because you had to get rid of a couple of contracts. There's nothing. Ben Chicago did not get anything from that. Mm -hmm. And they, they needed to get something. What do you mean? They got some... Taylor Hall. You don't exactly. think he'll... Don't you think he'll play well with the Bedard? Maybe so, but 
is Taylor Hall a six million dollar player? Is no. Taylor Hall well, I, like get yeah. something else? Get a get a second round pick. That's all I'm asking. I'm like make make it sound like at least you think that it's better for your organization that you were able to get something. Boston would have done it. I mean, come on, Boston had to do it unless, yeah, they don't. Well, you know what? They couldn't have done a second round pick. Correct. They don't have a second round pick this year. They don't pick until the third round. Right. But get a third round pick this year. Get something. It, it, that's all I'm saying. Boston, um, New York, Edmonton, Tampa, Florida, L.A., Ottawa, Jersey, Dallas, teams that don't have first-round picks. Um, speaking of, yeah, see this? What do you call that? That's a uh, pick. That's a pick. That's a guitar that's pick. That's what Boston does not have in the first they round. They sell those all around town. Uh, it didn't have to be sold. It might have been part of the VIP tent. Oh, well, to see, night. you got yeah. something. I saw for $1, you can buy a guitar pick at the coffee shop downstairs. Yeah, I, they are everywhere. Picks are everywhere this week, and that's why we're here for the draft. Um, I'm I'm with you, honestly. I, I, Could you buy an NHL pick for $1? Probably not. No, but what did you – did you take a pick with the uh, NHL traffic lights outside of Bridgestone Arena yeah, last I night? did not take a pick, but, yeah, that's another thing that Nashville, they, they look at every details – uh, first of all, the weather is fantastic, a little hot, but it's going to be like 100 plus with the sun mm-hmm. and the humidity. So uh, but great. And then at Broadway, at the corner of Broadway, the, the traffic lights, the red was the N, the yellow was the H yep. and the green was the L. So they all have NHL written on all the traffic lights, which and is then the advanced uh, light columns were like a, the, a play stop, button. Pause, and a pause. And play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop yeah. is the red, pause is the yellow and play yeah. is the green, which yeah. is which is kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. All right, um, so we have lots of guests coming up here over the next three days and, of course, yes. our live reaction social uh, platforms tomorrow night. Um, Mike Kelly from SportLogic is going to join us a little NHL bit NHL Network, SportLogic, uh, Mike yeah. Kelly, you guys see him a lot if you watch NHL Network. Yeah, and I think uh, it, Post it, games, he does a lot of recap, and he's done a lot of pre, uh, pre-game stuff too. He's great. But I think it really ties in nicely with um, what we presented in our draft episodes on social, and that was, you know, talking to Jerry Fortin, yep. Sabres head scout, and just – and and honestly, Kevin Adams and Jerry Fortin have been available to the you know local Buffalo media here, and Kevin will be available again later today um, to a, a presumably a wider scope of media. But just talking about the evolution of how the amateur scouting side gains from more information and analytics. So I'm really curious to have Mike on and just you know kind of see it through his eyes because he's probably gone through the same process and development. Yeah like hockey team scouting departments have come as far as what information you can trust about players that are not yet in the NHL and how that helps ultimately in projections, which is what this week is all about. So when I was playing junior hockey, my goalie coach would have a book like the one that I have in front of me, just a notebook, and he would do himself lines, and one line would be shots against, right? And one line would be goals against, and one line would be chances against. And then the fourth line would be, Save percentage, mm-hmm. and then save percentage on chances. His thought was if you could save one of – if you can – if you give up a goal one every five scoring chance, you were in the elite or above average. And if you give up a goal one every four scoring chances, you were below. Mm-hmm. That's how – elementary like the numbers were <laughs> that and is the right word that like is 28 29 yeah. years ago like yeah. 95 like it was a notebook a pen and he drew himself his own lines mm-hmm. and he watched the tape and he wrote down oh, one chance two chance that's mm-hmm. what it was now they have 
you know, algorithms and like all of these things in the computer program embedded. Now, I was even talking with some of the uh, analytics, you know, people yesterday, and they were saying that not only will they tabulate everything automatically with their program, but mm -hmm. sometimes they'll spit out of inconclusive. And when you get an inconclusive, now people have to go in and watch that clip mm -hmm. to determine if it was a chance or not, or if it was a high danger chance or not, if it was a slot chance, if it was a pass across the, the, uh, the slot line. Like there's different things that maybe the computer says, this is too close to call. I need somebody else to look at it, which is incredible mm -hmm. that we're at that stage now because it's using the best of both worlds. It's yeah. using the numbers, but also using certain debatable elements that only the human eyes can determine. Yeah, it's a, a lot of information, and again, it, it might feel like overload right now, but that's why it's arguably one of the best weeks of the uh, offseason in the world of hockey because, you know, right now we've got it stacked up with the draft opening round on Wednesday night, rounds two through seven on Thursday, free agency a couple of days after that, and then very quickly, I mean like real quick, starting Sunday and then through the better part of next week, it's development camp in Buffalo, which will incorporate recent draft picks and, of course, hopefully some of this year's class. You never yeah. know exactly their availability to get to Buffalo and, and what, depending on what part of the world they're coming from, whether they're here for the draft or not. But it's a super exciting week. and I would think that most of them that are draft eligible and think they could be drafted yeah they've got their next two weeks blocked off yeah because they know that most teams are gonna have uh you know development camp and that, that's a big part of you get drafted and you go right into development camp and, and those are not evaluation camp as much as it's just get to know them get to work on their skills get to send them off the summer so they can prepare the right way that's what the sabers do so i would think that i expect a few of the draftees this year unless there's injuries or travel concerns that will be right there in Buffalo next week. Sabres live at the draft in Nashville, and we have lots to get to, so stay with us. Uh, follow along at Sabres live on social. Where are you? I'm looking at the cranes. Like yeah. There's like building constructions right the, next the door. The city is so, so booming. Um, it is referred to by some as uh, a mini Nashville. Uh, or sorry, mini Vegas, but yeah. it's not going to be mini for much longer. Uh, Nashville has grown significantly and a big part of that over 25 years now yep. as the Predators are celebrating that 25th anniversary. Uh, Nashville has grown into an excellent hockey town and uh, destination as well for a lot of players, and they'll have a pronounced impact on this draft as well based on the number of picks they have in the top 100. Stay with us. Sabres have one pick right now in the first round. It is pick 13 and then uh, picks 39 and 45 early on day two. We've got lots to get to here on Sabres Live from Nashville as we continue after this. WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's an exciting time. We are live in Nashville, continuing Sabres Live here with Marty and Brian. And, of course, your input. Very much welcome at Sabres Live on Twitter as we canvas your thoughts for what you want in one-word form from Buffalo tomorrow night but there's ongoing i wouldn't say breaking news but there's always little tidbits even yesterday as soon as we get out of the hotel who do we run into first three prominent hockey oh. insiders walking like the they were insiders. out of the insiders <laughs> well chris johnson was set up to do a live hit pierre lebrun darren Dreger, and ryan, ryan Rashad from tsn as well come rolling down and you know that's kind of i think it's not all I think, I think, I think you're seeing – you would undoubtedly run it if you wanted to. You would probably see more hockey media people. Oh, I <laughs> ran into my RDS buddies as you yeah. were in the VIP tent. So Patrick Friolet, who was covering the Laval Rockets uh, for, the last Rocket. few se- Rocket for the last few seasons. <laughs> and um, he was in Rochester two years ago. I was there. Then I ran into Alex Picard. Remember Alex yes. Picard? Well, there he were a couple Alex Picards, though. So which Flo- one was Flo- this one? Philadelphia Flyers okay. first-round pick, Alex mm-hmm. Picard, I believe he mm-hmm. was. Maybe a second-rounder. Anyway, he does work with TV uh, Sports. So I ran into him. Uh, ran into many other you know, TV uh, executives in yeah. the league and whatnot. Well, so you're a big deal great. with the executives. But it was so. kind of funny, though, when we ran into reporter Chris, Chris Johnson, yesterday because it was hot outside as we were. I thought it was windy when we caught out, got out of the hotel, but apparently your our, um, our bus driver said it was only this corner in Nashville that's got wind because the rest <laughs> of the, the walk was hot. And those guys are in their suits as we're wearing our, like, T-shirts and we're enjoying ourselves. So, um, yeah, they, there's a lot of insiders, and they're working the phones right now. They are looking for the, – the fact that we are trying to get back on normal schedule mm-hmm. three years later after COVID happened is significant because for the first time now in, uh, in a while, July 1st will be July 1st, where it's the opening of – you know what I mean. I know. July 1st is always on July 1st, but opening a free agency, which was always July 1st, was August and was July, middle July, and now it's moved back to July 1st. Oh, but the draft is so still good. about a week too late. So the draft is still a week later than usual. So mm-hmm. now we have the significance of being draft a couple of days to free agency mm-hmm. and then qualifying offers have to be in. And players have to re-up. If not, they are going to be walking away. So there's there's a lot going on with, with that aspect alone. Thank you for that. That's the first of many July notes. July 1st is always July 1st. <laughs> it will be July 1st. Um, 
but to that point, and it's a wonderful segue, um, how many players will be of interest as unrestricted free agents on July 1st? Ooh. The reason I pose this question right now is that it's a qualifying deal deadline day. And we are hearing through Elliot Friedman and Cap Friendly and others that we may well see a very young still, Max Comtois, emerge as an available UFA in that he is unlikely to be qualified by the Ducks. Now, Max is coming off another poor year offensively at just nine goals. But there's always been an attraction to him at age 24 with his size and potential for net front presence. Now, I was a big fan of Max a few years ago um, in in what was the COVID-shortened season. Yes. Not, sorry, it it was the COVID year, not the COVID-shortened season. The the one that halted the year in March, yes. No, 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 the next one. The next one? Yeah. Okay. The the halted one is the COVID shortened season, is it not? Yeah, I would think so. Twenty. Yes. So then the next year, which was a COVID season, well, because it was played through the games. yes, okay. exactly. Comtois played fifty five games that year okay. and had sixteen goals, which projects obviously to well over twenty. And I thought, and I was watching Anaheim a lot. I thought he really had it figured out. And then there have been injuries and an, or an offensive regression. Clearly, not to mention. You must always be cognizant of what type of team he's playing for, and that was clearly a team that was not going in the right direction, which despite the presence of Zegris, um, you know – it, 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 look, we know where Anaheim was. It, it, it reflects poorly in, in John Gibson's numbers and all the rest of it. But the long-winded answer here is, or question is, would you have interest – in an unrestricted free agent in Max Comtois. Look, I mean, you asked me, if you'd asked me that two weeks ago, I would say absolutely. Um, I think the Sabres could use a player that maybe is more of a reclamation project that will come in at a cheaper price tag uh, on a shorter term, and mm-hmm. you give it a try and you see what happens. Uh, but now the Sabres have re-signed Caliposo. They've re-signed Zemgis Gergensons. They have to sign a, a few of their uh, restricted free agents before they walk out to free agency on July 1. So there's, there's some internal work that needs to be done first before you can look externally. Mm-hmm. And so I would say no to Max Comtois right now uh, because the holes have been filled up, right? I, I expect that the Sabres not using their... their their depth chart in, in Sharpie, but there's Yuri Kulik is penciled in. Maybe a Matt Savoy is close to, um, you know, um, there, there's a lot of change with that franchise in Winnipeg moving out of Winnipeg. So we don't know what is going to be with Matt Savoy, but there's a lot of internal pieces that could fill those gaps. Okay. Um, the thing with Max Contois. I mean, the, 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 what's interesting now is you're not giving up anything to get him. So do you, you know, do you, you're kind of like taking a flyer on it. So you to would speak, be right? taking a flyer, but I still see more of an internal uh, resource mm-hmm. uh, when, when it comes to the Sabres to fill in those gaps okay. um, as opposed to looking outwards at a player that is still a big question mark with Comtois. Now, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, he's going to ago, garner interest here, he's right? He's going to garner a ton of interest. Yeah. And good for him. He should be. I do put a lot of the blame on two things when it comes to Comtois' production. The injuries yeah. really slowed him down. And when he returned from, uh, from the injuries and was healthy enough to play, uh, didn't seem to have the same step and fell out of favor and Rest. really started to slide down the lineup. Correct. Um, 
and, and look, Anaheim, they did what they had to do. They focused on Trevor Zegers and Troy Terry, and, you know, they really went that. But even so Sonny Milano didn't stay in Anaheim. And he had a fantastic year the one year with, with Zegers and Terry, and, uh, and they decided to move on from him. And is Sonny Milano a, a really good player? I believe so. I think he's a really good player. He's got a role on the team. I think Max Comtois is going to have a really good role on the team. I just don't see it with the Sabres right now. And Kevin Adams could surprise us uh, because it may be – too good to pass on or at least inquire on it. Mm-hmm. But I I really feel there's other teams that have bigger holes that will make more of a stronger pitch. Pitch, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. to Max Comtois as opposed to the Sabres because they, they really are log jam at the forward position right now. Well, um, if we're looking at it uh, just from a draft standpoint, tomorrow at 13, uh, what is – and boy, was that a nice uh, intense tweet that Chris Baker <laughs> – put out this morning so if you missed yesterday's show and you wanted to know what chris was all about and how wired he was to deliver his his baker's dozen uh intensity bakes was looking for intensity and i think that's fair if you're looking at one word as we canvas you at sabers live on twitter as far as what you're looking for from the sabers tomorrow and i think speed uh (laughs) nastiness truculence i feel like brian burke is probably over our shoulder here but um maybe what what are you what are you looking at as far as you know, kind of the buzzwords, the organizational buzzwords, and the expectation for what will be the redeeming trait of the first pick by Buffalo tomorrow. Um, there's two things that come to mind, and I, I do believe that you listen to Kevin Adams talk, you listen to Jerry Fortin talk, and and they talk about, you know, hockey IQ, hockey sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this fits in well with the way Don Granado teaches the game, right, is that – you have to create space. You have to see the play ahead of it. So mm-hmm. if you and me, Duffer, are on the same line, and I can pass it to your tape. I can give you a pass tape to tape, yeah. and you have the puck, and it's, well, nice pass, right? But I could also guide you into an area oh. because my hockey IQ leads me to believe that you – which your hockey IQ is going to skate into an area, I'm going to get the puck there, and that's going to put the other team on their heels. That's going to put them in awkward positions. That, to me, is the biggest thing. Now, but if you have hockey IQ and you don't have speed, mm-hmm. you're only stuck with hockey IQ. You can yeah. make plays, but you can't follow up on plays. You can't push other teams to the, to the limit. So hockey IQ is one, and speed is the other, and Kevin Adams and Jerry Ford have talked about that. So many times, I think those are going to be the prime elements of their picks. Can you write that down as uh, an area that we need to follow up on with Mike Kelly from NHL Network at the top yes. of the hour? Because where he works with NHL Network and Sports Logic, of course, Logic ends in IQ, right? Yes. So I want to know how he evaluates IQ in the form of Numbers. analytics. And, I mean, this is not just analytics-driven. This is hockey sense and evaluation, and Mike's been following this for well, a long time Well, speed is well. also tough to, of to, course to, it to is. tabulate but, through the numbers because there's never a number that's going to say, well, high danger well, chances or shot uh, slot passes. Or, but how do you, you look at numbers? Because when you, you do your scouting reports mm-hmm. and your scouting meetings, the scouts are like, he's got a great speed. Okay, well, your analytic sides – has to be able to quantify what speed is and and how they can debate that. Which is why on a nightly basis right now, when we're doing game coverage on Sabres on MSG, we have a certain amount of information available to us. But it lacks context in some cases, which is why we don't share, like, who's skating the fastest tonight. Well... 
that's fine. You might have three players around 23 miles an hour. Somebody else maxed out at 22. Somebody else maxed out at 21. But what you really need was it on a back check, carrying the puck. Exactly. And that's where if you've been watching like our friends at Daily Faceoff and everybody else that that goes, you know, in some respects overboard. But it's fascinating for the hockey junkies out there is how the hockey departments quantify this information. So where are they using their top end speed the most and where is it making the biggest difference? Is it short area games from the blue line to the hash mark to create a net lane drive? Or is it to a loose puck battle in the corner from the face-off dot to the corner? These are the critical areas, right? So that's where I'm fascinated by all this extra information and how they ultimately funnel it down to make these picks. And so when this is so incredible to me because we talk, for good reason, we talk wide brush sometimes when we're talking about a coach's philosophy or vice versa when the coach is telling us about their team philosophy and then how they execute it. But as soon as you started talking about Hockey IQ, it flashed me back to the start of this year under Don Granado and what I noticed most different in training camp, preseason, early season practices. Mm -hmm. And that was their indirect plays off the boards. It was fascinating. It was growth. It required Hockey IQ to know where to put it and give the player that you're feeding an opportunity to get to it. And then what happens during the season? Well, other teams pre-scout. So it disappears for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it comes back. And all of a sudden, it's a strength of their game. But this is the chess match, right? And it's all part of the IQ that you're talking about. But it stems from the coach and his belief and his empowerment to put it on his players that there's a better, there's a more effective way that you guys can utilize this. Uh, uh, Lindy Ruff, who is a a, a candidate for the Jack Adams Award as best coach in the NHL last year. Mm -hmm. Um, change throughout the years when I played for him in Buffalo, it was uh, let's try to win games two to one. We don't have a lot of talent. Yep. Probably didn't have the hockey IQ that he wanted, but let's just play defense. I can teach you guys play defense. Let's win them one nothing, two to one. That's the way it goes. And then it became, oh, we have players like Breer and Dumont and Jochen Hecht and, and Mike Greer and Chris Drury uh, and Vanek and Roy and Palmanville mm-hmm. and Teppo Newman on defense and Talindar. And it's like, those guys oozed hockey IQ. And all of a sudden, in a game, we're going, okay, left wing, you're pressuring on the 1 2 2. And then halfway through the game, as we're going 2 1 2, and then we're going 1 3 1. And then we're going off the weak side in the defensive zone. We're going up the middle. And it's like it changed all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, people are going to say, they are professional hockey players. They're the best of the best. They're the best 790, 800, 900 players in the world. You would be surprised the amount of those players that can't do it. Yes. That can't change. Mm-hmm. That they're like, wait, wait, we're going left wing now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I forget to jump on the face off. I'm the left winger. I know. We lose the draw. I jump. I pressure. They forget. And that happens all the time. And when you watch a game, I'm telling you, watch guys off the face off. If they delay, is because they have no idea what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that you're like, didn't think the game, didn't prepare the game, doesn't have the hockey IQ. But the more you go into a season, the more and more those are automatic. And what we saw from the Sabres at times, as you just pointed out, you get scouted. So maybe it regressed a little bit, but you're taking a step forward after that mm-hmm. because you have the hockey IQ. Some guys can't do it. And Lindy Ruff in New Jersey this year, 
But man, he had hockey IQ guys and Jack Hughes oh. and Nico oh. Ischier yeah. and Dougie Hamilton. And he had Dawson hockey Mercer. IQ. What about Dawson Mercer? And oh. Dougie, what about what Jim Montgomery said mm-hmm. at the speech yesterday when he won the Jack Adams? Mm-hmm. He said, I'm standing here, but you got to have a great team, mm-hmm. right? And well, look at the players on Boston and the hockey IQ that they have on Boston. And we're here at the draft. And I'll ask you as we move forward, not right now because we're going to break, but yes. is this class of players and that's, a, again, a wide brush, but this year, next year, the year to come at the draft, do these players possess more hockey, uh, greater hockey IQ than in eras before? We'll address that. Mike Kelly's going to join us quickly uh, in, in mere moments here on the show. And, of course, your input always at Sabres Live on Twitter. It's going to be a busy day, busy few days for us here. Two-hour shows, noon to two, each of Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from Nashville here on Sabres Live. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Not done yet. In fact, we're just getting started. So normally we'd be signing off for the day, but it's a two-hour show today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Here from Nashville, Sabres Live, WGR, and MSG. Tomorrow night, our draft reaction show will be streamed live on Facebook and Twitter. That'll include Chris Baker. And Chris set the table for us yesterday, Marty, as far as a pick that he sees likely, possible, we'll see at 13. That was Axel Sandine Pellicut. Now, when others in this realm have been doing their mock drafts of late, we have seen a variety of names pop up, like Simashev. And I think you like Simashev, and I think Bakes likes Simashev, but nobody knows whether the Sabres like Simashev enough to take him at 13. That was the thing with with Chris Baker is that, look, there was who he would like the Sabres to pick and who he thinks the Sabres are going to pick. So Simashev, yes. Uh, Matthew Wood is somebody that I think a lot of uh, people in Buffalo and on our social media, they've talked about. Look, uh, you know, he's been mocked early in the, as, as, as low as sixth mm-hmm. and seventh in some of the mock drafts. So if he was available at 13, that would be a guy. Uh, somebody that is not on this sheet right now that I absolutely love is Oliver Moore. Um, really fast and played at the U.S. National Development Program. And I think that is a player that, well, the program has been good to the Sabres when Uh you look at their picks and and their uh, association with it. So there's a lot of players on that list. Obviously, sending Pelica is uh, a a player that Chris Baker thought the Sabres would draft because of what they've done in the past. Uh We'll just have to see if he's even available by that. But Tom Wallander, Wallander. Is the name Willander, like. yeah. And, uh, yes, Willander. and uh, Matthew Wood, um, Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com, had him as a Sabre through his mock draft, and I found it interesting today going to EliteProspects.com where they house rankings from these analysts and many more. They actually also have a consolidated ranking that pulls it all together from the draft sources that they use, and EP's consolidated ranking had Matthew Wood coming in in that 13 spot. So, yes. again, we'll see uh, where the dominoes fall from Buffalo's standpoint, but it's how you get to that making of the decision that we'll dive into next with Mike Kelly from NHL Network here on Sabres Live from Nashville. Stay with us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.